Today on Ac News Daily. As I work with my clients, you know, life is a marathon. Our careers are a marathon. And what is required of us if we were to go run a marathon? It's putting one foot in front of the other. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and happy Wednesday here on the Ag News Daily Podcast. Delaney Howell joined by Ashton Carr. And Ashton, I am back in cold, windy Iowa and very sad to be back here. You know, I keep talking about wanting to move somewhere and Des Moines was, you know, in the top three of my list. But the more you talk about these winters, the less I actually want to look at jobs up there. Well, this time of year is not ideal, but otherwise... Aside from the months really of January and February, it's a pretty great place to live. Okay, I'll take your word for it. You should, but I certainly appreciate you picking up the slack yesterday on the podcast so we could get home safely and soundly. We did the entire drive, Ashton, in one day, and it's about 16 and a half hours. So needless to say, we were tired today when we woke up. Well, I am hoping that you and Blaine didn't have any arguments along the way, because if I had to sit in a 16-hour car ride with somebody, I would have to love them a whole lot to not get annoyed with them. No, we're pretty good about that. I usually, when the other person is not driving, we lay in the back seat and watch movies or take naps. So no, we're pretty good. We did a good job. Well, it sounds like y'all have a great system going there. We do. And so even better system because I have to drive probably only maybe a fourth of the trip compared to what Blaine drives. So no complaints from me. Well, Delaney, other than your travel, you've been paying attention to a couple of different things. And one of those, of course, is the Biden administration's announcement that we talked about earlier in the week. And you have some more to add to that, if I'm not wrong. Absolutely, I do. Because... I believe you talked a little bit about it on the podcast yesterday, but this new announcement really is a four-part plan to increase competition in the meat industry, which has a couple of different components there, which include things like enforcement of antitrust laws and support of legislation to inject transparency into cattle pricing. Now, Ashton, I don't know if you caught this, but... A couple of the articles that I read on this today said that there were definitely mixed reviews from the ag community. Zippy Duval voiced basically support of this announcement. However, the chief executive of the North American Meat Institute, Julie Anna Potts, basically said that she viewed this action plan as a gimmick and was quoted as saying for the third time in six months, President Joe Biden and his administration announced the same plans to spend a billion dollars to fund government intervention in the market in an attempt to increase prices livestock producers receive while blaming inflation on private industry. So she certainly was not keen on the recent announcement. And so we're going to have to see how this thing really rolls out here. But President Biden also said, you know, legislation like the one we saw put forth by Senator Tester and others back in November really are the way that we're going to have to continue to fix this. So four part plan coming soon. More details to come, I guess, is the big headline here. 
Well, Delaney, one thing that we have some more details about right now is how farmers and people just in rural areas in general are feeling about stress and mental health challenges. I think this was a little fitting as we're talking about getting in the right mindset for the new year, setting some goals up. So I wanted to talk about this article today because American Farm Bureau conducted a survey of rural adults and farmers slash farm workers to measure changes in trends in stigma, personal experiences with mental health, awareness of information about mental health resources, and comfort in talking about mental health with others. And these poll results were compared to other surveys that they've previously done similar to this one back in 2019 and 2020 that both focused on farmer mental health and the impacts of COVID-19 in 2020. And I just wanted to kind of go over the results a little bit because I thought it was pretty interesting what they found. But some of the key findings was that stigma around seeking help or treatment for mental health has decreased, but is still a factor, particularly in agriculture. Likewise, farmers are more comfortable talking to friends, family, and their doctors about stress and mental health than they were in 2019. And lastly, a majority of rural adults, about 52%, and farmers slash farm workers, 61%, are experiencing more stress and mental health challenges compared to a year ago, and they are seeking care because of increased stress. Now, I know that nobody wants an increase in stress, and they don't want their mental health to be deteriorating, but it looks like people in rural communities are getting more comfortable talking about these kinds of things and, you know, breaking through the stigma, seeking help. So I thought it was a toss up, you know, kind of bad news, of course, with the stresses that we have to endure every day in rural communities. But I think it's a a pretty positive piece of news when we are talking about getting help and kind of going through that process. Yeah. And I think, you know, as you look at agriculture and Yes, it's always a hard subject for us to broach, but I really feel like we've got to give Jason Meadows credit for helping bridge that gap because he really has been one of the leaders in this section of the industry. So definitely a kudos to him. And I'm glad you brought that up today because we're talking about goal setting for 2022. And Ashton, I'm a big goal setter. So I certainly appreciate talking to others who share that mentality. But You know, as you look at 2022, a goal for a lot of farmers this year is simply going to be how are we going to break even and make money? Because we saw that in this latest Purdue Ag Economy Barometer, 57% of producers interviewed said they expect farm income and excuse me, farm input prices in the upcoming year to rise by more than 20% compared to the year prior. And of course, fertilizer has been a large portion of why we continue to see folks feeling that way. But as we both know, fertilizer has not been on any sort of a decline. And so a lot of producers are nervous about 2022 and what that means for them. However, we can get a little bit more excited about labor and the cost of labor on your balance sheets for 2022, because yesterday John Deere unveiled a fully autonomous 8R tractor, Ashton, which they've been teasing for quite some time now, but they've officially unveiled it at the 2022 Consumer Electronics Show. And it is fully autonomous. It drives itself. It has a lot of different 
technology that is incorporated into it, a GPS system, advanced technologies, a true set enabled chisel plow, certainly exciting for folks. And uh, they got a lot of good feedback, I think, from folks at the Consumer Electronics Show this year. So certainly exciting to see technology like that come to the forefront and also a little bit scary to think that these pieces of equipment are really right around the corner for maybe some, you know, early adopter producers. Well, Delaney, kind of on the front there with talking about technology and development, we heard from Agoro Carbon Alliance agronomist Clay Creighton saying that ag producers should expect several new carbon markets to emerge. Creighton told Brownfield Ag News that he expects more programs to come to several ag sectors, including agroforestry, which would add premiums for orchards and vineyards and more programs for livestock production. Now, I am excited to see that the carbon market has expanded to some of those you know, industries like orchards and vineyards that might be a little bit more small, but also going over into livestock production, which I think would be very interesting to learn a little bit more about. But it kind of posed the question to my brain, Delaney, on are we going to have too saturated of a market when it comes to carbon credits and those kinds of systems? What do you think? That is a very good question. And I I would say... too soon to tell. So I'm going to give a wishy-washy answer, even though that drives me crazy when other people do that. I think it is too soon to tell because a lot of these carbon programs maybe have come to the forefront now, but we really still don't know how producers are going to get paid, how they're going to implement them. But yes, I think in the future, we could definitely see this becoming a pretty saturated market. And I'll be curious to see how that does. But on the other hand, if we have a lot of different programs out there, I would think that theoretically that would also increase competition and potentially the payout that farmers would be able to receive from these companies. Because if let's say Cargill has a better program than Bayer, you know, I'm going to be more inclined to go with the one that's going to pay me more money or be more sustainable long-term. So I would also think maybe it encourages competition in this space as well. I think you are exactly right, but I'm also pretty excited to see what kind of happens here. I think that it's a really exciting time in the world of agriculture, especially in technology. So I am pretty excited about this new development that we're kind of seeing right now. Absolutely. And I think we can be excited here in the United States, probably not so excited down in South America about the development of continued hot and dry in South America. However, the other thing to keep in mind here is Not only are we seeing some dry, hot conditions down in South America, we're also really starting to see it hit hard here in the plains, where we see a lot of hard red winter wheat produced. About 78% of the region is seeing less than 50% of normal precip since November 1st, and 52% receiving less than 25% of normal precipitation for this period. So as you look at specific states, Kansas's crop is rated just 33% good to excellent, down 25 points since December 12th. That's a huge jump. Also, Oklahoma is down to about 20% good to excellent, down 28 points since last month. Colorado's also seen a big jump as well as Nebraska. So I know, Ashen, you've been working very diligently to try and find us an interview to chat weather. Hopefully, Eric Snodgrass will be able to join us. But there are other weather concerns here in the United States that really we need to pay attention to as well as what's going on in South America. <laughs> 
Well, Delaney, you and I are just kind of bouncing off each other here because I have a drought story from South America that I wanted to share today talking about Paraguay. Earlier today, the country announced new measures to support the ag industry because of severe drought. This would include credit lines to refinance debt and tax cuts as the drought affects farm output. The president in Paraguay said that the new measures seek to provide relief and predictability to the sector as the country's economy bounces back from the COVID-19 pandemic. So they're dealing with a lot of things, I think, as we all are. Hopefully we see some rain not only here in the U.S., Delaney, but you know, down there as well, because a lot of countries are hurting. I mean, I talked yesterday about Chile and how they're going through a major drought since I think it was 2010. This this drought has been going on and it's impacting the world of agriculture. You know, I mentioned yesterday talking just about the bees down there and that protest, but beginning to impact, I think, really just general life as well. Yes, absolutely. It certainly is. And, you know, I don't think we talked about this earlier in the week, Ashton, but when you look at extreme weather, we also saw last weekend over the holiday season, kind of wrapping the season up, another storm cell sweeped through Kentucky. I believe it was officially a tornado, but there were some folks at our condo complex that were from that area who mentioned it to us as well. And so we certainly are dealing with a lot of inclement weather here over the past uh, couple of days, really. So, well, Delaney, I am all wrapped up for this afternoon's news talk. Do you have anything else you want to chat about before we head into markets? I don't believe I do. So, let's hop in and chat markets for today, Ashton. And we certainly saw after yesterday's yesterday's excitement, we saw some correction today, which I think came as no surprise in corn and soybeans. Kicking things off here in the March corn contract closed down seven and a quarter cent, closing at six oh two and a quarter. The May down six and three quarters cents, closing at six oh two and three quarters. In the soybean pits, the March contract added five cents today, clawing its way back after early session losses to close at thirteen ninety four and three quarters. The May up five and a quarter cent, closing at fourteen oh three and three quarters. In the Chicago wheat pits today. We saw correction there as well with the March contract closing nine and a quarter cent lower at 760 and three quarters. The May down eight and three quarters cents, closing at 764 and three quarters. Hopping over to take a look at livestock today, we saw pretty mixed trade across the protein complex. February live cattle down 57 and a half cents, closing at 137.25. The April down 72 and a half cents, closing at 141.95. And in feeder cattle today, the March contract shedding 17 and a half cents, closing at a buck 66.17. The April down five cents, closing at 169.77 and a half. And lastly, in the lean hog markets, we saw strength today with the February lean hog contract adding $2.12, closing at 82.27 and a half. The April added $1.67 and a half to close at 88.67 and a half. And lastly, wrapping things up here with the class three dairy milk futures. They finished higher on the day as the February contract added 53 cents, closing at 22.32. The March up 41 cents, closing at 21.85. Without further ado, Ashton, let's kick it over to our conversation with Whitney Kenny to talk about goal setting in 2022. 
Well, folks, as we kick things off here in early 2022, you know, you always talk about having New Year's resolutions and maybe in agriculture, we set those for ourselves. Maybe we don't. But we're going to talk about that today with career and leadership coach Whitney Kinney of Missouri. And Whitney, we are very excited to have you on today because one of our fellow podcasters in Global Ag Network, Jason Meadows, speaks very highly of you and your career and life coaching abilities for folks in agriculture. So before we get to that, let's chat a little bit about your background. How did you find yourself getting into career coaching? And did you grow up in agriculture? Do you specialize in agriculture? Do you have any connection to agriculture? Yeah, thanks so much for having me today. Uh, I did grow up in agriculture and actually sitting in my childhood home, my husband and two kids, we all live here on the property I grew up on, um, which has been a transition we've made just in the last two years. Um, so, you know, on top of the pandemic, getting to move and do the relocation and career changes, um, have been added to our life experience, which helps me whenever I'm helping my professional clients transition into their own, um, new scenarios as they dream about life and how they want to live it. So, um, I was in 4-H and FFA. My dad was an ag advisor and my mom worked for extension. So I was basically destined to um, grow up in youth and leadership development programs like 4-H and FFA. I went to the University of Missouri and studied ag journalism. I know Jason and had a great conversation with him on his podcast. Um, and I just love working with professionals, whether they're my clients or connections helping them visualize the future and what they want to um, see their life looking like. And um, so that's why I'm excited to have this conversation. You know, in my day-to-day, I um, work with clients and help them through their career search. I help them make changes, help them sometimes just visualize how they can make a change in their current position because sometimes roles just need to have a little bit of a tweak to be able to be more of a good fit for us in the organization that we're already in. And then I also work with leadership teams uh, where we talk about strengths-based development. If you've done the strengths finder assessment, um, we talk about our top talent themes and how we were uniquely wired to operate. And we tap into investing our time, our energy, and our skills into those talents so that we can have strengths that we put to work both at the office and at home with our families. Whitney, I am an ag teacher's kid myself. So I kind of relate to you, you know, being destined to work in, you know, leadership and development, those kinds of things. So I think we're kind of on the same wavelength there. But when it comes to leadership development and growth, I think it's a little bit daunting just because, you know, the the verbiage that, you know, you used even before we were recording and on your website, it sounds very inspirational. And I think people can get, you know, maybe cold feet when they're kind of trying to jump into bettering themselves. So what do you do to really help people gain confidence on starting these kinds of journeys? Yeah, that's a great question. And I agree. I think that um, there is a spectrum that we all fall in, right? So some people are really excited about this being the new year and setting New Year's resolutions. And some of us are really overwhelmed by that because it feels like there's a really long distance between where I am and where I want to be. Um, But as I work with my clients, you know, 
life is a marathon. Our careers are a marathon. And what is required of us if we were to go run a marathon, it's putting one foot in front of the other. And so um, one of my, you know, I try to think about goals um, in three P's. And one of those P's is pace, because we cannot go run a marathon without pacing ourselves or we would burn out in the first mile. And so um, when we are able to put one foot in front of the other and just take the next step, we can keep ourselves from being overwhelmed or from burning out. And so um, I really like to remind people that pacing themselves and looking at this as a long distance race versus a quick approach to something is probably going to benefit us in the end. And so Whitney, I kind of want to dive in a little bit more specifically and talk ag specific goals, because I think when I think about goal setting, I'm a big goal person. I always think about how do I set things related to my career or my personal life? And more so those goals tend to be related to my career. But if you're a farmer and your primary occupation is farming, I think it's hard to set goals for your farm or to think about the farm in a goal setting way, because it's just such a native part of who we are as farmers, how do you work with people in the ag industry to help them set reasonable or manageable smart goals? Yeah, that's a really great question. And um, as you were talking, I was thinking about just business goals in general, um, as you apply it to a farm or um, a production goal, I think it can be hard, right? Because so much is left in the air for us to, Um, see how the market turns out or see how the weather works out or do the inputs work the way we expect them to. And so, um, you know, you mentioned SMART goals, which um, stands for specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and um, timely. Those work. um, Those five steps work a lot. However, I think for agriculture specifically, maybe, and all of us really, Maybe another P that we can focus on that I like to use is priorities. And so I would suggest that all of us in agriculture and beyond ask ourselves before we even start to write out our goals, what really matters to me? Because um, there are likely some descriptors um, that matter to us that are intrinsic that we haven't even put language to that we want to identify as the top priorities that drive us. And then we look to those priorities to say, okay, what really matters? And so therefore what goals need to be set to make sure I hit that priority? You know, Whitney, so far we've kind of talked about um, the individual, but you also help leadership teams and trying to navigate, um, you know, conversations from a, a team perspective. So, you know, we are in a new year going forward with a team. You know, where do you suggest that, you know, a collection of people really start if they want to prepare themselves for growth within this next year as well? That's a really good question, too. Um, and I think it takes, personal um, reflection. So individually, goals are um, going to start at an individual level. And then we bring all of our individual uniqueness together for the purpose of a team goal. And so um, giving teams space and time 
to invest energy and thought into reflecting on where they've been and reflecting on back to that priority segment, making sure that they are on the same page with priorities, um, then they can form their goals around that. That's powerful. Now, we can set these goals, but we also have to be checking in on them. And so making sure that um, your team discusses them, helps them to have ownership, of course, but then also assigning accountability to them and um, building a rhythm within your team to check in throughout the year is what's going to help you actually meet those whenever the calendar flips to 2023. And as you look at 2022, obviously we're at the beginning of the year. Everyone feels really great about setting goals. I know I I'm always like, oh yeah, I've got all these goals I'm going to accomplish or things that I want to do this year. But then it gets to maybe middle of the year, end of the year of this year. And I'm like, I didn't make my goals. How do we hold ourselves accountable to make sure we are hitting those targets we set for ourselves? You know, I think it depends on the personality, right? So that's where knowing who you are, um, your personality and what motivates you and going back to, you know, the strengths-based leadership assessment is helpful. Uh, Some people will use Myers-Briggs or Enneagram or DISC, you know, to better understand who you are as your own individual person. Um, Any insight you have to that is really helpful to understand the way that you were wired because it's different than the people who are around you. Um, But for me personally, I have to remember that perfection is not the goal. And so uh, if we happen to have a habit that we want to continue 365 days and we meet a day that that just didn't, that goal did not get reached for that day. It doesn't kick your whole goal out for the rest of 2022. You get back up on the horse the next day and you get started again. And so we have to give ourselves grace in those moments because life is not perfect. We are not perfect. And so asking our goals to reach perfection every single day for us is unrealistic. And so back to the SMART goals, realistic is one of the um, five um, steps of that. So making sure that we don't fall into a trap of seeking perfection. Um, But one thing that I think works for a lot of people, maybe better than setting a full year's worth of goals is um, pacing yourself back to making sure you take one step at a time. If this is new to you and it feels overwhelming, set a goal for a month set a goal for three months, whatever feels um, attainable to you. And then make the promise to yourself that on, if you're doing a monthly goal on the first of the next month, you reevaluate, is this going well? Do I need to add to this or do I need to continue in this pattern for the next month? And then I'll reassess. I think, you know, you've heard me say reflection is key, but really reflecting and assessing is going to be really helpful to keep you um, moving towards growth in 2022 versus just falling off the wagon completely. Well, Whitney, this has been a wonderful and inspiring conversation. But if our audience wants to get in touch with you and you know maybe inquire about working with you, where can they find you out online? Absolutely. So my website is Whitney Kinney, that's K-I-N-N-E dot com. I'm also on LinkedIn. I love to have these conversations and uh, just hear more about how you interact with goals and maybe what something uh, you're, what is something you're aspiring to in 2022? 
Well, Whitney, thank you once more for coming on and chatting with us today. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Thanks again there to Whitney for coming on and chatting about goals and what she does there. You know, Delaney, you are totally a goal person. I think we all get that. However, I am not. I feel like I can't set the proper goals. And if I do set goals, I don't always you know, do a plan to achieve them. So hopefully with you as a a mentor sidekick and this conversation with Whitney, I am prepared enough for my 2022 goals. Yeah. I have a hard time. I was looking at my goals from 2021 and I didn't meet a lot of them, which is my own fault. But one of the, I also didn't really set reasonable goals because one of the goals that I set for myself was that I wanted to read 52 books last year. And that would be a book a week. So that's definitely not a reasonable goal I've come to figure out. So I don't know. I'm a big goal person. I think it's fun to kind of look back on last year and think, how did I do in reaching these goals? Some of my goals have remained the same for this year and they're just ongoing things I'm always trying to work on, but certainly fun to think about that here as we set ourselves up for 2022. Well, Delaney, hopefully our audience is writing down some of their goals right now, so we won't keep them too much longer. But folks, if you want to listen to any of our past or future episodes of the Ag News Daily podcast, you can do so at agnewsdaily.com. Just be sure to follow along on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Ag News Daily as well, so you never miss anything from us. With that, Delaney, should we let the people go? Let's let them go.